everyone and welcome to another episode of SS Mediacom Connected Podcast. This is the place where we discuss people, ideas, marketing, technology and anything else that feels right. I am Sasha Owusu, Senior Associate Director here at SS Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue Uniman. I'm Chief Transformation Officer at Essence Mediacom X. Our guest joining us today is Paul Skinner. How are you, Paul? Hi, Sasha. It's great to meet you and Sue, it's great to to see you again. Very good to have you here on Connected. Paul Skinner is the founder of the Agency of the Future, which helps clients drive purpose-led change and better mobilize stakeholders for breakthrough success. He advises global businesses, brands, and social change organizations, as well as institutions of international and global governance. He's also the founder of Marketing Kind, which brings together business leaders, marketers, and change makers to tackle social and environmental problems through their brands and businesses, volunteering and activism. Paul is an advisory board member at the Museum of Brands, an expert advisor for the Future Strategy Club, and has been awarded an honorary visiting fellowship by Edge Hill University Business School. Um, how has the last year been for you? You previously mentioned that you're an expert in problem solving. Um, have you had to do much of that last year? How's well, it been for you? Um, I, I guess one of the highlights of the past year for me, of course, has been having my second book come out, which came out in September in the UK and most of Europe, and it just just gone out in, in North America at the end of December. So that's called the, the Purpose Upgrade change your business to save the world, change the world to save your business. Um, and there I, I had a chance really to, to upend um, conventional economic notions that we've had, I suppose, since Adam Smith wrote The Wealth of Nations, that if we pursue selfish benefits, we're meant to end up with a collective good as the happy byproduct. I think I recently heard someone say the invisible hand may be invisible because it's not really there. Um, but in, in my book, I really make the case that if we seek to contribute to our stakeholders first, then we can end up deriving our self-directed rewards as the the happy byproduct. I um, have also, it's been a, a good time at, at Marketing Kind, which anyone listening would be um, welcome to get involved with. That's a, a membership uh, community uh, where, speaking of problems, we our take on the world's problems um, is that they most fundamentally of all depend for their resolution on forms of human cooperation you know more than technology more than on 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 finance and so we can choose to read them as marketing briefs in disguise um so we come together every month to upcycle our marketing skills in support of charities and social enterprises we coach and support each other in becoming more purposeful and impactful leaders in the day job and we work with um some of our heroes really world changing uh, really world leading um world changes to elevate some of the bigger stories that we live and work by and change them for the better and of course we've had huge support from sue in that who is one of our founding members so you've ended up with a camp a career that would inspire many um paul i, I think um and is you know more relevant today than ever how did you get there you didn't did you did you talk us through the path that you went on that brought you to all of the amazing things you're doing now so so my background is in in marketing but to in global brand development in 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 my l'oreal days um but i think i've progressed into a, a, a deep interest in 
narratives that can be shaped by marketing skills, but which are not necessarily restricted to the usual context where people think about marketing narratives, whether it's you know advertising, copy, brand names, and so on, although I, I do get involved in uh, in some of that still. But I'm very much interested in the the bigger narratives that that make sense of the wholeness uh, of an enterprise and help it really engage with um, all of its stakeholders. Um, I guess um, I'm often at the space in between things. Um, and so if I look back over the recent years with my advisory work, as well as you know the, the books and, and my marketing kind activities, um, I've really worked with three different groups that seem separate, but are very connected. So business leaders seeking to make a profit, leaders of charities and social enterprises looking to create important social change. And I happen to have done quite a lot of work in the field of disasters and emergencies. So the sort of bold tone of my book title is, is not accidental, um, where people are seeking to enable safety um, and recovery. Um, but of course, in, in recent years, what we've learned is that those seemingly diverse purposes are actually deeply interconnected and interdependent. I mean, businesses are recognizing, you know, business leaders are recognizing that the range of problems that they're having to take responsibility for is really quite dizzying compared to the, what maybe they thought they were signing up for when they went into to business. And also seeing the opportunity to contribute to the world as a huge business opportunity. Um, of course, leaders of charities and social enterprises, you know, there aren't that many easy pots of uh, unrestricted money. Um, so they're having to become quite business savvy and partnership orientated in achieving that social change. Um, and anyone working in disasters and emergencies recognizes if they didn't recognize before that the scale of today's problems mean that they really have to work with and through uh, the whole of society and across all sectors to match the scale of those problems. And so I've kind of ended up in a good place to see how you can translate narratives from one domain to another. You know, what does business need to learn from the front line of disasters and emergencies, for example, is an increasingly pressing kind of question. Purpose upgrade, change your business to save the world, change the world to save your business. Um, I also want to read something that I, I did a bit of research on, and it says, unlock greater profits, empower happier and more engaged staff, foster loyalty and connection with customers. How important would you say belonging is with relation to that? So I, I, I think belonging as a notion gets to the heart of the two biggest problems that we face um, and also gives us the solution to, to those problems. So if you're going to belong, you need two things, I would say. You need a, a home to belong in and you need people to belong with. Um, now, the biggest problem today or the two biggest problems, first of all, um, the destruction we're creating and the devastation we're wreaking on our shared home. Um, we had a, a marketing kind gathering not long ago with Mike Berners-Lee, who put it so memorably, he, he put it to me that throughout human history, there was almost nothing we could ever, you know, it was inconceivable to think that we could do anything to destroy the planet. You know, with the arrival of nuclear weapons, then there was something we could do to destroy major portions of it if we made a, a grave blunder. But today, you know, simply continuing with life and work as usual is already leading to making substantial parts of the planet uninhabitable to us and, and no longer a, a home where we can belong. Um, 
you can see the climate emergency as part of a bigger problem of inequality. You can also see that inequality is linked to and, and exacerbated by the climate emergency. And so it's very difficult to feel you belong with others when there are such completely unjustifiable levels of inequality within across cities, within different across different parts of countries and, and between countries. Um, and I think both of these problems have arisen because of lack of belonging, a lack of connectedness, a lack of connectedness to nature, and a lack of, you know, the biggest impacts from the climate emergency first arose way out of sight and out of mind in the, at the poles. Um, and similarly, inequality tends to be between uh, social groups rather than within social groups. And so it's just so easy to overlook um, inequality. And so I think, you know, really to foster belonging, we need, you know, every business, every organisation needs to be doing something to improve the home that we live in and to better connect us to the people around us. You're doing all sorts of purposeful work. It's obviously a very big ambition. Um, what do you hope to have achieved by the end of this year? So one of the things I'm, I'm trying to focus on right now is looking forward to the present moment um, and making the most unexpected. You know, we're in an interesting environment. I mean, permacrisis was the word of the year for Collins Dictionary for 2022, and hopefully 2023 will be much better. But we do know that you know, there are serious problems awaiting us if we don't tackle them in an, in an adroit way. So, so much of our success is becoming driven by what economists call exogenous variables. Um, and what I describe as just things that take us by surprise. That's a better um, word than exogenous. And, so, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's things that, you know, come from outside our control that were not in the story that we wrote at the start of any particular year. So what I think what I'd like is by the end of the year to look back on it and to think that I made the most of the opportunities and, and challenges that came up. I mean, obviously, I want to make my book as useful as possible to as many people as possible mm -hmm. through the way that I engage with groups on, on that topic, because so many people want to work purposefully. Yeah. But a lot of our models of purpose are just, are just at odds with what you can do in a crisis prone environment. Mm -hmm. and so they're stuck. So I want to help people overcome that. That. Um, and, at, and at Marketing Kind, I really want to empower as many people as possible to see marketing and a narrative based discipline as something that has so much more to contribute to the world. Oh, amazing. Moving on to some of our personal questions now. Uh, what is your favourite line from a poem, song, or a book? I'm, I'm definitely not expecting something completely mindless like I'll be back now. What about you, Seth? <laughs> <laughs> so, so this happens to be one that I have thought about quite a bit because um, over the years I've had it's I've been conscious of the fact that that this has changed. So something that really interests me, <laughs> well, it's a little philosophical, is the degree to which it is worth trying to pursue an absolute truth, or the degree to which trying to do that actually overshadows. Uh, the possibility of getting to terms with, you know, relative truths about our particular circumstances that that you know, so is, a, is the notion of absoluteness a distraction. So if you'd asked me a few years ago, I think my favourite line for a long time was an early line in a novel by André Gide where he addresses you as the fictional reader 
um, and says, Nathaniel, that's you, uh, don't look for God anywhere other than everywhere. You know, every creature indicates the presence of God, but none reveals it. Now, I don't think we need to reveal, think of God in terms of any particular religion, though. It's just a sort of notion of there being a totality that you could, in principle, apprehend. Um, but I think in more recent years, I've been a little bit more persuaded by sort of Montaigne's line when he says that he wants death to find him planting in his garden, but not worried about death and worried even less about the fact that his garden isn't finished yet. Um, and I actually came across a line by an author that I know much less well recently, but that sort of resolved that for me, um, which was uh, Paul Valéry, who wrote, anything simple is false, and anything that is not simple is unusable. <laughs> and I think that essentially that's where we are, is, you know, we, we live and work through stories. Um, those stories are inevitably a simplification of reality that we need to be able to do something. Mm. And every now and again, those stories burst because there is something in the real complexity of life mm. that makes them no longer viable. And for a moment, we're stuck and we don't know what to do until we can form a, a new story that makes sense of the world a second time. Um, and so that kind of is probably where I'm up to. I like that. OK, if you were a genie, what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a circle to summon you? Please. So I think I would need something for mind, body, soul. Okay. So for my mind, um, I don't think it can be a book. I think it's going to be a bookshop. You want a whole book? We can do a bookshop. Yeah, we can do it. We've, we've done whole counties in the past. So well, yes, very um, I very happy to, to get an independent an independent bookshop, a good independent bookshop on. Well, let's make it Shakespeare and Co. The bookshop, the, the English bookshop in Paris. In, in Paris, fantastic, um, great choice. So Shakespeare and Co. I think you know, for body, the older I've got, the more I've come to appreciate weight training as the best thing you can do for your body on a regular. You're looking good on it, Paul. Thank you, Sue. <laughs> Not that that was a setup at all. No. Um, <laughs> But um, and so I think a set of free weights. Yeah. Um, and then for so I actually think if we're going to have the best possible stories to live and work by, we need opportunities to step outside of the stories in our heads altogether frequently yeah. to then step back into them and renew them with with fresh in, fresh insight. So for me, I actually spent the last three minutes before this conversation staring out the window at a tree. Um, and for me, looking at trees takes me outside of the thought process altogether. So um, I think probably a tree would be nice. And then since we talked about surprises, yeah, and there are two of you, I, I would let, having had something from mind, body, spirit, I would let each of you choose one thing, the curiosity of which would summon me forth. Oh, wow, that's is that allowed, Sasha? That's very I, interesting. I, it's the first I, time it's I, been turned on us like that. I really don't know. Um, we might have to take it to our editorial board, <laughs> <laughs> which is obviously us. <laughs> wow, interesting. What do you think, Sue? You know what, I, what if everybody does that? That is true. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to push you for an answer. Paul. We're going to have to push you, Paul. 
You could pick three different types of trees if you like. I will allow that. Well, I, I think that the two of you, I mean, you're, they're not commonly, you're not commonly available to others, but you are commonly available to yourselves. So I think that I would have the, the two, the, the presence of you each would make it impossible for me to not join you. Oh, you are a charmer. I will put down Stasha and Sue. Okay, we'll allow that in. So... <laughs> With all of your facets, what would you? Um, oh, it's you. Sorry, I don't mind. <laughs> I'm so confused by that. Sasha, it's your question. I don't mind. Um, Paul, um, what would you say is your single best skill? So I, I'd be curious to see if anybody else could think of a, a, a good skill for me. Um, I, but I think um, I think it's it is the it it is narratives. I'm a, a marketer mm -hmm. at heart. Um, and it's not necessarily marketing narratives. You know, people often think of the value of stories to business um, and they think the stories told by a business to its customers. But actually, there are so many other important stories in, in play. And so I think, you know, narratives that make sense of a wholeness um, is probably um, my biggest um, skill. Um, and that's actually changed how I go about that. And, you know, there, there are two ways of looking at stories since classical antiquity. Story is representation that tells you how the world is and gives you answers. And there's also stories as disruption, which point out that the way you thought the world worked doesn't work and which raise new questions to answer. And so I think, you know, I'm sort of also in that junction point, you know, when a story doesn't work, what is the next iteration that 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 will make sense of a changed world? What would you practice more if you had the time and the space? Yeah, so, so I think kind of following on from that, um, I mean, you can see marketing as a department in a business alongside finance and HR, but you can also see it as a narrative based discipline, as we've been talking about, alongside things like you know, therapy and on the one hand or fiction on the other or even politics, maybe. Um, and I think, you know, because I'm taking such an interest in questions, um, I think I'm unlikely to have the time to do this, but I think I'd like to do a formal qualification either in some form of social psychology or therapy mm. and get much better mm. at asking questions. I mean, just recently I've been asking a lot of leaders, what if instead of trying to create the best businesses in the world in their sectors, they tried to create the best businesses for the world? And what what could Ooh. that mean for their stakeholders? What could it mean for them? And yeah. and I think just, you know, really I think the world right now needs sort of corporate psychiatrists, really, that help mm. adjust the collective thinking models of businesses to contend with a radically different world that none of us wanted to create, but which is nevertheless here. Well, where in the world, real or fiction, would you like to live and why? Yeah, I think I'm going to go for fiction. Um, I, um, I speak a couple of languages. I speak French and Spanish. And earlier in my career, I lived in a few different countries. And speaking to other people who've done that, this may be true for, for the two of you, you kind of end up with a sense that you can be almost at home anywhere. But you're not fully at home in any one place either because you bring back a sense of otherness with you. Um, and so I quite like being in the spaces between things. And um, so I think my sort of utopian fictional destination would probably be 
half my time thinking sort of concentrating carefully in a sort of almost monastic silence um, and half the time <laughs> as in amongst it as possible in the the busiest city environment that I could find. Okay now the question you cannot prepare for so we'll see how that goes um, because you've given us some very thoughtful answers. Um, I have got three cards here from the 100 question combination conversation toolkit from the School of Life. I'm randomly shuffling them and holding them up and then I'm calling them A, B or C. Which would you like, Paul? I, I feel I've been mind gamed into B, but I'm going to go for B regardless because okay. I trust your mind. Most people do, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Are you where you wanted to be at this stage in your life? <laughs> um, that's an interesting question. My my next birthday is going to be on the exact day of a reunion at my university by coincidence. Mm -hmm. Um, and those, you know, when I when I discovered that was going to happen, it, it did make me think of this. Um, mm -hmm. There's that line, isn't there, that you know, the the way to make God laugh is to tell him your plans for the future. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that in some ways, yes, and in some ways, no. I mean, I, I often people say what you want to be is a reflection of the state of the world when you're 17, 18. Um, and at that time, you know, the essential nature of the world was its interconnectedness and shared opportunities. And so, you know, maybe I was more materialistic then mm -hmm. than I am now. And so in some ways I might think, what are you doing, Paul, mm. if, I, if that me were to meet this me today? But in other ways, I think the pendulum has swung and the real nature of the world is its interdependence mm. um, and shared risks. And that gives us something really important and meaningful to do. And so I, I think that I may have pursued the other side of the coin. But in some ways, it is the same coin. So yes and no is probably the other. <laughs> Fair enough. You've given us some real quotables at this podcast. Um, we are largely thankful and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Wish you all the best and uh, hopefully see you soon. Yeah, you thank have made us think. Yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoyed the last episode of the podcast where um, you Sue, were interviewing you, Sasha. Um, uh, so <laughs> that, that helped me to look forward to today even more. Thank you so much. Take care. Take care. Thank you. Bye.